2023. Welcome into this beautiful morning that the Lord has made here in McDaniels, Kentucky with our two caution lights, two dollar generals, and get ready to be a dollar tree um, and dollar family dollar, right? Is that what this is called? And um, I never understood this dollar tree thing yet because it used to be dollar, but now it's a dollar and a quarter tree of most things. And so, um, or there's another store and it's, uh, I don't remember the name, but it was like, it's something below. And um, everything's supposed to, you would think everything's going to be below a certain number, but yet like a quarter of the store is above that number. So isn't that kind of like false advertisement if you tell me it's supposed to be below a certain price and I get in there and it's not? Yes. Hannah agrees. She, she's frustrated with me. All right. Um, I don't know how we're already there. I did, I did notice what you said about five below also. Is that what it is? It like Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Everything's over five. Everything's not five below. I mean, yeah. there are some things There, there are some below, things. Um, but a lot of things aren't. <laughs> don't mess with my head like this. It's it's too small and limited anyways. And so um, if I'm just. Well, we walk by faith, not by sight. That's true. <laughs> so. so I have faith that they're going to give me everything of $5. Um, but no, it's, it's a good day to be alive. It's a good day to be in McDaniels, Kentucky in the studio. Always a pleasure to have brother Greg on Thursday morning, brother Greg. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Amen. Brother Ron. Uh, <laughs> doing just fine, brother Ron. I said that to Roger this morning. Yep. And we, he, we used to have shirts around here for him. Um, doing just fine, brother Ron. Yeah. Um, and then a coffee cup, I think he used to have. And, uh, he, that was his, that was his slogan. Uh, Jason Miller's developing one on Monday. It's what? Happy to be here. Happy, Happy to be here. To be here. Yeah. And so I always love Jason on that because, well, he used to never want to do radio. He would, I mean, it was not even in the thought process. He didn't want to do it. And now he's got to the point where we actually believe he likes to do it. And he really looks forward to coming here on Monday. So look what the Lord has done. Amen. Now, whenever one day he's in service and his foot starts to tap and he's going to lift that arm up and he's, I mean, it's, it's, he's going to move. Whew. He's going to move. It's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. And I hope I have it on camera when it does. And so it's going to be good. Um, One day all of us are going to move because every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. I can't believe it's already June in 2023. That's unreal. Um, Hannah, how are you? just happened today. (laughs) 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 Hannah, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to this women's conference. Um, Looking forward to meeting Megan. Mm-hmm. She's so encouraging uh, with her texts and her uh, just her way of staying connected, even though she's really far away. But she just uses uh, social media for for good and for God's glory to mm-hmm. stay connected with people. I'm excited. Hey, man, it's going to be good. June 9th and 10th. June 9th starts at 6 o'clock p.m. Saturday starts at 4 o'clock p.m. And it's going to both um, be incredible nights and afternoons of the presence of the Lord. And I know God's going to do tremendous things. Child care be provided for those who have children and want to come on out anyways. Um, and um, we're really excited for all the ladies to come here at Bethel Fellowship. It will be here in the sanctuary. And, uh, man, God, I know God's going to move in a big way. And so if you want more details, you can call the station 270-257-2689, and we will be able to get you all the details that you possibly need. This is not exclusive to one group of women. This is a, this is inclusive to all women. And um, mm-hmm. and so just come on out, make plans for those two days to come and be a part of what God's going to do. It's going to be amazing. I know God's Spirit's going to be poured out, and the mothers, the women, the Ladies there, um, they're just hungry for the presence of the Lord, and um, I know he's going to fill them. Amen? Amen. Brother Greg, y'all got anything going on? I know you're not an announcements guy, but anything going on that you all you want to announce? Uh, 
I don't know. I, you got the wrong guy. Well, maybe, maybe somebody <laughs> will text you. Yeah. They yeah. Might. <laughs> they might. Maybe your boss will. Um, we got our we got a youth night tonight. You know, our typical. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For what do y'all do on youth night? <laughs> uh, don't know because <laughs> I'm not a youth and uh, they don't let me go. No, you are you. You're a young guy. Now they uh, in the Jewish know, culture, so you're still young. They have uh, uh, what they call bigs and littles, so uh-huh. they divide their age groups up, bigs and littles. You know, Aww. and uh, right now I think I think it's bigs. You know, this time mm-hmm. and uh, they're having a luau. So a luau. They're, yeah, they're uh, you know, of course they all got to bring their Bibles, but they get to dress in their hula shirts and stuff like that, and uh, you know James Miller and uh, and there's so many others involved that that. You know, again, I'm terrible about knowing what's going on like this, but there's so many involved, and everybody works so hard, and I don't want to leave anybody out, so I'm just not going to say anybody. I'm going to say everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All that they they work r- real hard, and 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 we they they pour into these kids, you know, uh, and and you can see it. You know, we uh, you know the enemy is is out to steal our children, mm-hmm. and uh, and we are equipping our children you know mm-hmm. to to stand mm-hmm. and uh, because if we don't who will mm-hmm. you know and uh, and and this this youth group that we have here the 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 leaders uh, uh, I just can't thank them enough for all that they do for these kids over here mm-hmm. so amen the enemy is surely out for our children um, the next generation is the, one of the most important things in the body of Christ. And if we don't pour into them, somebody else will. Um, I said this a few weeks ago when I was preaching on parenting on Mother's Day. Uh, you know, it's our responsibility to raise our kids. And if we don't do it, somebody else will. And unfortunately, that's the so often that's the liberal ideology that will rop, r- just step right in there and try to get a grip. And I want to I wanna say something, too, about parenting. Uh, I guess some people would probably look at me and, consider me to be a, a hard parent I guess but you know they uh, my little rascals they love me and they can't get enough of me and I can't get enough of them you know and uh, we have a good time mm-hmm. uh, but I'm consistent mm-hmm. you know and, and we uh, and we don't change you know uh, the rules are rules you know and we do that but just having rules is one thing which is a good we gotta have boundaries gotta have you know things but it needs to be explained. You know, we need to explain to our children why this rule's in place. All right? And then we also need to explain at their age level, whatever age they are, you know, explain to them the things that's going to be coming at them, the things that they're going to be dealing with. You know, it. how else can you equip them if you don't explain to them what to look for mm-hmm. you know so as the uh so my son is 10 you know and uh i explained to him different things that that he's going to deal with as a 10 year old you know you got bullies you got different things you know and how how to uh uh what the word says and and how he uh should move forward you know what what you know what path should he to take you know i I break it down i'm very thorough and i don't know that that happens a lot Mm -hmm. i don't know why but i think if you're gonna 
raise your children, be very deliberate and very thorough at it, you know, in every aspect, you know, and, and, and sit down and talk to them. Like last night, I sat them down, and, uh, and of course, my little one, she's five, so, you know, she's not ready. <laughs> she's still rambunctious, you know, <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, I sat them down, I said, listen, I said, I can teach you all these things and show you all these things, but there, there's going to be a time I'm not around, you know, and it's just going to be up to you and what you do with your decisions. You know, how many people has that conversation with their children? I don't know, you know what I'm saying, but I, I just know that I felt like I need to do that. You know, I need them to know that they are responsible for their actions. They're old enough now to start getting a concept of it. I'm not, you know, I'm not holding them feet to the fire or nothing like that, but I am preparing them because there's going to come a time when I ain't around. There's going to come a time when daddy can't do it. You know, they're going to have to do it for themselves. And, uh, and why not train them to do it while I'm here? <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I know that my Lord is going to take care of them because he reached down and pulled me out when I wasn't looking for him. So if I can teach them to look for him early, then He's gonna. I know he's going to deliver them from whatever comes their way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know I'm working with kids um, for so long and having, like, a, I call it my little ranch at home. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, <Yeah. coughs> And so working with them so long, it's, it's, you, you do have disciplinary things. I mean, we got the school, we got the ranch, we got kids of our own, all this. But um, So you have those disciplinary issues that you're always dealing with. But discipline always should have the intent for correction for behavior and to actually edify and move them forward. Yeah. It's never just solely punishment. And if discipline is only solely punishment, you're missing the point of discipline. Um, and what I mean by discipline is not like, you know, just sparing the rock kind of deal. It's more along the lines of, I'm trying to get you from point A to point B, and I need you to understand why point A is bad, and I need to understand why I'm trying to get you to point B. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I know what you're saying, and you gotta you got to be creative. And a lot of these things are um, – a lot of times it's just sitting down and having a conversation and trying to get them to understand exactly what's going on, where the mistake started, why the mistake is such a big deal. And um, a lot of the times it's it's along the lines of, you know, it's not just you broke a rule. I mean, you, you can say you broke a rule, yes, because rules are important, especially when you have mm -hmm. regulatory things like home, life, school, anything like this, yeah, regulations. The, base, the basics. It's important. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's not solely just breaking a rule. It's that you have – you've hurt somebody. You've, you've – um, you've offended somebody or you're disrespecting yourself or you're disrespecting the yeah. the opposite gender like whatever it looks like it's there's yeah. something there that's underlining and even within our own life with sin sin breaks the rules yes but it also hurts the father's heart yeah and more than anything we're going against who the father's created us to be um, because ultimately we are born into sin we are born into um, depravity we're born into sin we have all fallen short of the glory of god but our original intent of creation was not to be sinful. It was to be good. And God made God made Adam and Eve good. Like he looked down upon it and said, this is good. And that was the original intent of man was to be good. Adam and Eve messed that up. And, well, we're still dealing with the repercussions. Um, but Jesus made a way to be made whole. Amen. Uh, we haven't, I don't know if we have any other announcements in, the, in this morning. Do you know anything, Hannah, off the top of your head that we need to announce? 
Um, just again, that brother Lance Johnston, right, yes. will be over at Madrid on Sunday night at six. Six o'clock. If so. you would, um, if Madrid's pretty easy to follow, but um, I'll probably leave the church here about five forty-five. If anybody wants to come and follow me over there, or if I have room, anybody can ride with. Us. I don't know who's all going with me yet at this point, but I know it's going to be a great night. And so, if you're in free Sunday night, six o'clock p.m. Madrid Pentecostal. Um, if you want to get there yourself, you just go where 401 turns off of 259 on South Highway here, and um, it's about a quarter of a mile on the left on 401. So that's going to be a great night. Lance, um, bro, Brother Lance Johnson's a great preacher. I was listening to some stuff he was um, preaching about yesterday. I listened to a podcast he did and really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to hearing him Sunday night and being a part and, of course, I always love when I have the opportunity to visit Madrid Pentecostal. They do such a great job over there, and they're just hungry for the Lord. So um, excited for that again. That's Sunday night, 6 o'clock p.m. Then keep putting your calendar, the lady meetings, June 9th and 10th. Amen. Well, we are and have been in John chapter 10. I feel like we've been in John chapter 10 longer than we was the um, was John 6 is the real long chapter, I think. And we were in um, 8 for a while, too. And we was in 8 for a while. And so we hung out in John chapter 10 quite a bit, but we'll get through there. Uh, we don't have that much farther to go in here. And then it's getting to John chapter 11, which is one of my favorite chapters. Um, because I don't know if there's a portion of the text in the scripture that I preach from more than Lazarus. Um, I've preached, I don't know, I'd say 50 or 70, 50 to 70 sermons. I'm just going to put myself in that range so I'm not exaggerating times from Matthew I mean John 11 I would say at least in my life I've preached that from that um, because there's so much in there um, it's not just Lazarus coming out of the grave there's so many other things that's actually coming to life in there and you get to see what it's like when Mary and Martha they're hurt they're mad they're angry and how Jesus deals with them um, you get to hear Jesus is talking about you know this sickness is not unto death but it's for the glory of God that you may believe and he's literally, that's why Lazarus died, is that they may believe. That's what Jesus said. This is because the Father's trying to get you to learn how to believe. And um, poor Lazarus had to go through it. They, he, but, you know, he came out pretty good on the other end. Uh, <laughs> he got up out of that grave. All right, yeah. but here we go. John chapter 10, we finished at uh, verse 25 was the last one yesterday. So let's go to 26. But you believe not, because you are not my sheep, as I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my hands. I and the Father, or I and my Father, are one. So Jesus is saying here, look, these are my sheep. I know they're my sheep because they hear my voice, and they follow me. I love that because he doesn't just say, well, they hear my voice, therefore they are my sheep. It's that they hear my voice and they what? Follow. Follow me. Yeah. I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's just it right there. They follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, uh, <laughs> that's what I say all the time. <laughs> if you, uh, he should be your number one focus, you mm-hmm. know, in all things. He should be your number one focus, and everything else will fall into place around that. And this is what he's talking about here. No man can pluck you from the hand. I used to, I used to uh, think this way that um, that you could jump out of his hand, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and I guess you could, 
you know, uh, I don't think that he's going to chain you down. But I believe, I believe that if you've truly accepted him, that greater is he in you than he is in this world. And he is going to keep you from jumping out the love that, that you've experienced and the grace and the mercy is going to keep you from jumping out. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So no man can pluck you. So in other words, how would they, how would they pluck you? They're not going to physically grab you. They're going to lure you through the things of this world, you know, and, uh, and like I said before, you know, we may be led astray, but if you've truly, if you are truly one of his, you cannot continue in that way. It, you just can't do it. It's, it, 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 <laughs> yep. it you know, it, it just kills you. It, uh, it, it, from the inside, it just, it, yeah, it, it. I like how this takes the responsibility, it puts the responsibility on us because it says no man or no thing could pluck us from his hand. So if anything, if we were to remove from his hand, it would be on a, it would be our choice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where, where I said yesterday, like, I believe apostasy is real, but I believe it is extremely rare. And I don't think it's necessarily about what we do. I think it's about what we choose. Mm-hmm. And it's if we utterly reject the faith that we once walked in. Um, and that would be on us, though. And, I mean, I'm still trying to unpack all that to the fullest. Because um, when we say, when I say stuff, I'm I'm still, I'm still learning. I mean, I'm, I'm never ashamed to say I'm still yeah. learning. I don't, I don't have it all figured out. We're yeah. always learning. I mean, I, yeah. I sit with, I sit with people who have preached the Bible for 50, 60 years and we'll start talking and we're still both learning. You know, it's still like, um, and I think I was talking to a gentleman and, uh, and it seems like here in the last, just the last say year or two or whatever, it seems like he is revealing himself more and more to his people mm-hmm. you know that's the way i feel about it that's the way he felt about it too uh that it's just uh you know just things that that i'm seeing now that i've never seen before in this word mm-hmm. you know in 15 years or what however many years goes back to 2006 or 2005 whenever it was that i got saved <laughs> right, but you know things that i'm seeing now now the same words that i saw back then that he's revealing to me now, you know, it's, it's, it's never been preached yeah. like that. It's never been taught like that. And, and it's, it's, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to go back to, I think he's preparing his bride. Yeah. I agree. And he, I think it's John 17. He talks about sanctify by your word. Your word is truth. Yep. And I think that's what he's doing. We're sanctified. We're prepared. We're conformed by the word. Let your mind be renewed by the, what the renewing of the, word mm-hmm. it's about the word getting in you and he will illuminate the word and get and the word in you jesus is the word mm-hmm. <laughs> and so let's see here so just, we oh, go ahead, i'm sorry no go ahead i was just going to add on to that i think i think it, it is i think that he has a purpose and why that he's revealing so much and answering prayer so quickly right now and i just thought of the verse that um the the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few mm-hmm and I I think that that is so true because I see I we're seeing such a move of God and such an outpouring and such um, so many new believers coming to the Lord. Uh, but I also believe he's wanting to equip and raise up laborers and raise up disciples so that that all of these souls, the harvest of mm-hmm. souls can be stewarded. 
the the right way. Yeah, I mean, his plan will be fulfilled, you know, and and if we're focused on him, we will fall into his plan where he wants us, mm-hmm. and we will do the things that he wants us to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's and the thing about it is, it's not it's not the things that we do; it's what he's done in us, mm-hmm. you know that that drives us to go here, that drives us to go there. It's the word that he gives us to say to this person, you know, yeah. uh, and it's the word that that person has received that is this kind of maybe uh, just not, maybe not wrestling with it, but just trying to, okay, Lord, I'm trying to understand what you're telling me. And then this person comes over here and says this, you know, and then that's the answer that they've been looking for. And neither one of them knew anything about, you know, and mm-hmm. that's, uh, his ways are higher than our ways. Yeah. And, and we just, um, I just blindly trust the Lord, you know, as a child, like as a child, my kids, they would just blindly, if I told them it was, they would, they wouldn't even quit. You know what I'm saying? And I, that's the way I, I am following him. I have thrown any of my kind of <laughs> the way of thought or, 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 I've thrown all that to the side. It's it's never done me any good but get in the way. And mm-hmm. I just, 100, and I'm just completely sold out to the Lord. And I just follow him. And I trust him. And, and even even people who who uh, don't know the Lord, God uses them too. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we are made to serve. And we're going to serve something. You know, there's there, you, you cannot go without serving that's 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 our purpose is to serve that's what we're made for so we're either going to serve the satan or we're going to serve god but you're going to serve something you're not going to go and not serve choose you this day who you shall serve so the ones that are serving the enemy they still have a purpose and a plan too because god has marching orders for the enemy so even whenever people are doing and saying like the uh what was the guy the the high priest that said what he said about jesus uh said it's better for one man to die than uh than the whole what was that is in matthew talking about whenever they was uh condemning him to death and uh about is it caiaphas who said yeah that's him yeah that's Mm -hmm. him you know and he said that but he was pre you know he's speaking truth but it was not the truth that he was thinking Mm -hmm. but it was the truth yeah. So, um, let's, all right. So we have here in verse 27, he's saying, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So I think there's three things. There's three levels. They know my, they hear my voice. I know them again, not going back to what we talked about the whole time yesterday, but yeah. there's a knowing there's, there's truly a knowing and they're following him. So there's a three layer there when those three layers happen. And he said, along with that, I will give them eternal life. So this ain't saying like just I'm giving them life, you know, and they're going to be great. It's eternal life and they shall never perish. To me, that's a big deal because that's really strong language. It's this is amazing because that's what uh, Rick preached last night. Uh, Psalms 91. Mm-hmm. That's exact, this is hide themselves in the shelter of the almighty. Yeah, he is psalms 91 right now mm-hmm. that's where he's at yeah i mean he's explaining psalms 91 right now <clears throat> and if when when we're his sheep 
and he brings us into his fold and we follow him, he's going to give us eternal life. Whosoever shall believe, what? Will have eternal life. That's It's that easy. And they shall never perish. To me, this is strong language that salvation, assurance, born again is not a light matter. And there's one, there's, there's a key here, though, mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, there's a specific requirement right here. And it says that, uh, uh, let's see, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You know what I'm saying? So it's more than just hearing. It's more than just hearing his voice. But they follow him. That's the key right there. That's just like Psalm 91. The first verse is the key to that secret place. You have to dwell there. That means to stay there. You know, it's not, hey, I'm going to show up today for a couple hours, you know, or, or, or I'll see you in the morning, you know, whatever. It's, it's you stay there constantly. Mm-hmm. It's dwelling. Um, I, I really love the strong language of verse 28. And I will give them eternal life, which means eternal. It doesn't mean any other way. You can't Greek your way out of it. Forever. It means eternal. <laughs> and they shall never perish as long as they are perfect all the days of their life. Amen. No. Nope. It says they should never perish, neither <laughs> shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Man, he's been doing that lately. He did that last night at church, and he I tricked Jamie. Jamie. Good. Oh, I, got I mean, he said, I forgot what it was, but Jamie all I said. Left, I left one S off. Jamie said, amen, and then we all started laughing because he tricked us. I just said everybody's listening. Uh, <laughs> I was reading that, and I uh, clearly was not listening to you because I was reading along. I was like, amen, and, I, um, and you did not read what I was reading. <laughs> well, I love it. You good, you rascal. <laughs> well, we are, we are in a shelter, Psalm 91. We're in his hand. Nothing's going to pluck me out of it. Why? Because I'm hiding myself there. I'm hiding there. I'm, I'm staying there. I'm staying put. I'm founded upon the rock. I'm a tree planted by the water that shall not be moved. Um, we're here. We're, Ephesians deals with it more along the language and the terminology of the Holy Spirit is our seal unto the day of redemption. Um, all throughout the New Testament talks about the protection um, that he that we have in him. We yeah. stay in him. Can I read Psalms 91? Sure. Do we got time for that? Uh, we have, we have two minutes. Yeah, it's a, it's sixteen yeah. verses. Sure, it's it's amazing. I like it. All right, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He will shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust his truth. Mm-hmm. Shall he be thy shield and buckler. Oh, sorry. I read that wrong. That's all right. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. That's that's powerful right there. That, uh, he that has an ear, let him hear. Uh, verse 9. Because thou hast made the Lord 
which is my refuge, even the Most High, the habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, and the sorry, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him, and and our uh, wait and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. And that last part right there, show him my salvation. What's the name of Jesus mean? What did he say? You shall call his name Jesus. It means what? God with. No, that's Emmanuel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It says he will save uh, his people from their sins. Salvation. Savior. I will show him Jesus. I will. And I, you even took it even farther than me. The Lord did afterwards. I was just that just really stuck out to me last night. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So with long life, that's eternal life that we're talking about. I'm, you know, and then show him my salvation, being Jesus. I will show him my word. I will reveal the meaning of my word. You know, I will show him my salvation. I don't know. I just got excited about that. Yeah. And I feel like you know when, when, when Jesus reveals Himself to you more and more and more, it's 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 <laughs> what I mean. What can come against it? You know, whenever He is revealing Himself more and more to you, that salvation. I don't know. Yeah. I I guess I'm a nerd. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. No, that you know? psalm is awesome. <laughs> yeah. There's so much in there. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, well, we're going to do our first trivia question before we take our first break here this morning. Uh, Thursday, question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. Who said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me? Who said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break. We are back here on this beautiful June the 1st, 2023. May, I mean, Mornings of Box 2 Radio, I was going to say May edition. It's July. It's June now. Um, right around the corner will be July. And before you know it, will be Christmas. Uh, it's already coming. I can feel it now. Christmas lights are going up. <coughs> People's already saying, well, it gets earlier every year. Used to be like <laughs> after Thanksgiving, people put their tree up. And now like, well, we might as well just keep it up all year round. We can decorate it all year round. So um, <laughs> it, it, it it seems like every year this gets faster and faster and faster. So are we going to see a 4th of July decorated tree or something? We could. Red, <laughs> white, and blue. I, it could happen. Who knows? At this point, I'm uh, never doubting anybody. Uh, <laughs> and so I remember we used to like do uh, at my house, we did it after Halloween or something like that. And now it's like, I'm I'm telling you what I've actually, I know some people it's like, just leaving them up here round now. And I'm like, whew, <laughs> all the power to you, brother. Um, brother. 
And so, but no, Billy Lastly, the pastor Billy Lastly got that answer right for the trivia question. It was Jacob who said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. He wrestled with the Lord. He wrestled right there and he stayed there. He came out with a limp, but he got blessed. Amen. Um, endurance, perseverance, stay in the course. He stayed and he was blessed for his staying. And he said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Amen. And so um, we've been, I love where we was at in John chapter 10, talking about couldn't pluck me out of his hand. We're following him, eternal life, shall never perish. Uh, it's really good stuff right there. It's it's assurance, it's it's peace, it's rest. Like I'm in his hand. Yeah. And if I'm in and, his hand, what can pluck me out? And again, this was a conversation yesterday about once in grace, always in grace. And now I don't... Uh, I I don't believe once in grace, always in grace. But I believe that when you are born again and that uh, that the Spirit in you, I mean, once you're born again, you can't be unborn. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> once you've been born, you cannot be unborn. So then what? You see what I'm saying? The uh, Once you've been born of the Spirit, What's born of flesh is flesh. What's born of the spirit is of the spirit, and the spirit is is. Uh, well, I just lost my train of thought, <laughs> but the Lord, He that began a good work in you, shall perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. So, if if you could jump out of His hand, then. Where's that work going to be performed until the day of Christ Jesus? You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This, uh, if if uh, it says that we are sealed, where's that at? Uh, we are sealed in uh, Ephesians. Ephesians, yes. We're, we are uh, sealed until the day of redemption. Until the day of redemption. So if we are sealed, how <laughs> how then? How then can we be plucked out? How then can we turn away? How then? So. That leads me to believe that some people are hearers of the word, you know, like the ones, uh, the sower of the seeds, the ones that they accept the seed and they're joyful to have it. But then they're choked up. This seed is choked up by the thorns and the thistles, you know, the things of this world or uh, it's rocky soil. They're too hard headed, you know, yeah. that that they just can't believe all of it. So the, it doesn't take root. So then when everything comes, they're not rooted in Jesus and they wither away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we want the, I believe that these are talking about the soil, the good soil. Mm-hmm. These are the ones that are truly born again. Yeah. But it says to as many as to, uh, to as many as received him to them, gave he power to become the sons of God. So when you receive him, he gives you the power to become. Now, what do you do with it? You know, do you do you take it and become, or do you throw it away? Um, one of my favorite scriptures, and this scripture is very strong. Um, <clears throat> and I'm, I've, I think I said this yesterday. I'm pretty close. I, I'm now. I do not adhere to once in grace, always in grace. No, um, but I do. I am pretty confident and assured of my salvation. Me All too. Right. Um, There's no way that I could walk away. But um, but I the once in grace, always in grace is a relatively new thought pattern. It's it's not, 
It's really not derivative from John Calvin. It's not really even derivative from Tulip, to be honest with you. It is late, early, mid-1900s, um, and that's kind of where it started to get about. And that's where, really, Once in Grace, Always in Grace became an outlet for sloppy grace for people that kind of wanted to go to heaven but still sin. And so they <laughs> learned to tris- they learned to twist the Scripture to make it seem what they wanted to. But really, John Calvin never preached that, nor his followers, but he's accredited for it. And so I think that's just really unfair. It's not that I'm always trying to defend John Calvin. It's just in this regard, I really never um, – I don't think you ever find this terminology in Christian um, – Institutes of Christian Religion. And so um, – but he does use the terminology persevere of the saints, which that's basically saying those who persevere till the end have been saved. So if you don't persevere till the end, you were never really born again – which they used the thing of Paul talking about, you know, they departed from us because they were not of us. Yeah. Um, but First Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3, is where um, this section has, it's my favorite portion of Scripture. Now, my favorite book, my favorite book is Ephesians. My favorite chapter is John 11. But my favorite portion of text is probably this in First Peter. Well, let's have it. It's, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Who's caused us? He has. Yeah. Not Aaron. Not Aaron me, didn't yeah. do it. He has caused us. Who's that he? Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable. So the first thing we're learning is that we are born again through the resurrection of Jesus Christ to an inheritance that's imperishable. It's undefiled. It's unfading. It's kept in heaven for you. I love that. Like our inheritance is kept in heaven for us who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So God's power is doing it, but it's by our faith that's being guarded. And let me ask you this, the listeners, what is he saving us from? Has anybody ever thought about that? Is he saving us from the devil? Is he saving us from the evil? He's saving us from ourself. That's what he's saving us from because the Satan has no power other than that that we give him. What happens is my people perish for lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. He is saving us from ourselves. He, that's what he's doing because it's we self-destruct. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what we do because we have the power to tread on serpents and the enemy yeah. knows that. But if he can keep that knowledge from us, then we will just self-destruct. He yeah. don't have to do it. We'll do it ourselves. Yeah. I believe we're saved and being saved from the power of sin and the consequences of sin. Yeah. Um, because we, we, Hollywood has created this spiritual world that doesn't exist with the enemy, and we've made God and the enemy, I mean Satan, enemies and opposites. They're never, they never was and they never will be. Yeah. Um, Satan is not the opposite of God. Satan is not the opposite of Jesus. No. Um, either. I mean, he he's not. And yeah. we've made it that way. But here, Peter's again saying, ready to be revealed in the last time. What's that? My salvation. Like, my salvation is going to be revealed. Jesus is going to be revealed in all yeah. of his be- true glory, Just, but also will be glorified. Like, yeah. we are going to be glorified one day. And it says, in this you rejoice, though for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes through it, tested by fire. And so he, he just basically keeps going there and talking about that our faith is going to be tested, purified. And then in verse, if we drop down all the way to verse 9, obtaining the outcome of your faith. 
the salvation of your souls. Yeah, and uh, going back to Jesus or uh, Satan is not the is not the opposite of Jesus or Lord because opposites that means they would have to be equal, one spectrum to the other because they'd be polar opposite, right? There's mm-hmm. no one equal to God. Yeah. What they what they are are a fabrication, a falsehood, a wannabe mm-hmm. of this. So they're not. They try to be. So what what the Lord gives you is peace, love, and joy, unspeakable. And what the Satan tries to do is feed your flesh with peace, love, and joy that only comes from the flesh, and it's selfish and it's self-centered. Whereas the love of God is above all mm-hmm. and it and it changes all mm-hmm. it's just an imitation not the option uh, opposite it's an imitation mm-hmm. yeah um i can't remember which early church father said it or it could it be it actually could be augustine too i'm wanting to say it may have been nicene but um uh, basically said that god is he, he he brings up the whole um really the issue of God's sufficiency for us, but also God is self-sufficient. Yeah. The enemy, Satan is not self-sufficient. He had to be created. And actually he has to give being, being, he has to been given permission. Like he don't get to just choose what he does. He don't wake up in the morning and say, I'm wearing these pants. Like he, he, you know, he's, he is governed. He is a tool. He is. Used um, by God. Well, I mean, if you even get to the antichrist was destined to do what he's supposed Mm -hmm. to do. He was created for a purpose. Yep. And he's going to be created for a purpose. And so he is not self-sufficient. The Lord is the only one that's within himself Amen. sufficient. Amen. Makes him opposite. And if you get into the word in the Hebrew for holy, Kadesh or Kadosh, um, it basically means um, other than. There's no one like him. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if, like, I pray a lot and I just, I declare him holy. And when we, and I'll sometimes just say, there's no one else like you. Amen. Because when we say holy, we just think morality. Yeah. Like that's all we think about. But holiness is far greater than anything on morality. It's literally, there is nothing opposite than you. You stand alone. That's the it. earth is your footstool. You are the centerpiece of the universe. You are the creator of all things. You were in the beginning. In the beginning, right? Like, in the beginning, God was. Like, he yeah. is self He was already there when the beginning started. I mean, he was there when all this, you know. Yeah. When the beginning started, he was standing tall already. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, he was already who he was. And uh, who he is. And this who is, he's ever going to be. And this is what <laughs> puts him different. Yeah. He's self-sufficient. Yeah. He has need of nothing. He's the almighty. Yeah. Man. Praise his Satan name. Satan Praise his name. is not self-sufficient. He was created being. Mm. Jesus is self-sufficient. Jesus was before the, before Jesus was in the earth, Jesus was. Like, that's what he kept yeah. telling them. That's why the Pharisees and Sadducees get mad. Before Abraham was, I, I am. am. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was, was God. Yep. He was this yeah. lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus stands alone. Satan is none of that. Jason, yep. Satan had a beginning, and Jesus never did. That's right. No. And so... Satan and, has and, an end. Yeah. yeah. Jesus never does. <clears throat> this heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. And Jesus is the word. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yep. And Satan wants um, people to believe that they are self-sufficient. Yeah. But it's hey. actually deceiving them because they're actually depending on Satan instead of God. Mm-hmm. But they think they're self-sufficient. And they self-destruct. And that's why they self-destruct. And I just I was reading the um, 
the John 15, you know, talking about the true vine and that right there. I mean, we aren't self-sufficient. Like (laughs) we are a branch that's connected to the vine. And if we are not remaining in him and him remaining in us, then that branch will be cut away and cast into the fire. I'm getting me a t-shirt made. I'm just a branch. (laughs) That's, that's, I'm I'm having that. I'm wearing that. That's my new slogan. I'm just a branch. You know, I, uh, yeah. That is, but I want to be a branch that is alive. To I want to be yeah. a a branch that mm-hmm. is living because yep. I'm connected to the true vine. Amen. And that right there just it should humble us. That yep. that piece of scripture it should yep. humble us because we can't do anything without remaining in Him and Him in us. He says, "For you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Yep. I am the vine; you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing." That's yep. what He says. So that just throws everything else out the window. Mm-hmm. But to just solely seek him and trust him in all that we do, no matter what it is that we're doing. Yeah. Amen. Um, can hmm. I read two paragraphs from A.W. Tozer on this issue of well, self-sufficiency? I mean, sure, you it's your radio show. All right. <laughs> all right. So he says, this is A.W. Tozer, which you all hear me quote a lot. Um, I love oh, A.W. Tozer. Well, he, he's been... he's. Passed away for a while. I've read now. some quotes yeah. that make me really want to read more of his stuff because um, okay. they're powerful. Tozer's deep. Yeah, like um, Tozer just he loved the Lord and he he prayed and he was a theologian. He was intelligent, but he was he was a seeker. Like yeah. that's all he did. That's all. Uh, but he yeah. said, "The Father hath life in Himself," said our Lord, and it's characteristic of His teaching that He thus is a brief state sentence sets forth true, so lofty as to transcend the highest reaches of human thought. God, he said, is self-sufficient. He is what he is in himself, the meaning of those lo- those words. Now, this is where I really love what A.W. Dozer says. Whatever God is and all that God is, he is in himself. I don't know if we, I mean, that's like, that's actually mind-blowing. And I think yeah, we can read over that. First off, we don't know what he is. Yep. <laughs> you know, we just know that he is. We'll never comprehend. The Almighty. Yeah, yep. we, we can't fit him in our and, little brain. And it's whatever God is and all that God is, he is within, within himself. himself. Yep. He has no need of an outside source. Yep. All life that we know is in and from God. Acts tells us that. We yep. have, we move, have our being, we breathe, we do everything. Mm. No life is given outside of the... I mean, everything is created through Christ. Mm. Um, whether it be the lowest form Praise of Lord. unconscious life or the highly self-conscious, intelligent, intelligent life of a sheriff, um, seraph, or an angel, no creature has life in itself. All life is a gift of God, except I'm going to add this: except the Lord Himself, because He within Himself, yeah, and He is the only one that stands self-sufficient. Amen. Mm-hmm. No no other thing compares. Yeah. Which that concept in itself proves that su- le- mm. Satan, Lucifer, is not an opposite then. But Hollywood wants us convinced he is. So we yeah. have Satan over here, we have Jesus over here, and they are equal going on. No. They're not... They're, Satan has no power absent of what the Lord gave him. That's right. And you know how I know this? Jesus, whenever he surrendered his divinity to walk on earth as a man, God in the flesh, he said, I have no power except that which the Father gives me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if Jesus said on the earth, do you really think Satan's above that? No, Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> and and so we have to understand that there is not this cosmic war going on between Satan and God. No. no. There is a fleshly war down here that is waging 
Paul talks about this. Other mm-hmm. writers talk about this. But when it comes when it comes to a heavenly war, <laughs> Satan's not up in heaven, grain and ground. The, there is, there is. I mean, when when it talks about Jesus returning, he says he's going to destroy them with the sword of his mouth. Yeah. So to me, the sword of his mouth is the word, mm-hmm. and <laughs> the truth is just going to come through and burn out all evil. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just. I don't know what that looks like, but I just know that it, the word of his mouth, the sword of his mouth is, is what's going to do it. Mm-hmm. And it says uh, the description of his demise is he's going to burn up from within, you know, from his insides out. He's just going to like b- burst into a ball of flames and poof, be gone. I mean, I don't, you know. Yeah. So. Anyway. There's power of life and death in the tongue. Yeah. And. And words the what it is Satan if he can keep us from the knowledge and he can disguise and distract and and uh, and and draw you away from the truth then he can deceive you and have power over you through the deception you know yeah. not not his own power just the fact that we are relinqu- relinquishing the power that we have through ignorance. Because the more truth, the more people that get to the truth, the more people that find truth and live truth, the less power that Satan has in the earth and the less glory he gets. The more that he deceives, the more glory he gets while Mm -hmm. he's living. But he knows his time is short. So he wants all the glory he can get right now now on the earth because that's the only place he can ever receive glory is on the earth and that's why hollywood is portraying him to be an opposite or all these things who do you think gave him the idea (laughs) him satan he gave him the idea he gave them that that picture of the devil on the shoulder and the angel on the shoulder or whatever like if i just can't be god just make me as powerful as him in the eyes of these people. You know what I'm saying? Because he knows he's not getting exactly. that from heaven, so he no. has to get it. His source of of glory, his source of worship, can only come from deceived people on the yeah. earth. Yeah. Amen. Uh, let me think about... I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, no, you're good. I was just going to read a hymn. Uh, well, <laughs> so let's think about this. I don't, uh, for any of you listeners out there who has uh, kind of... Uh, who has experienced the world, I want you to think back... Uh, to when you was in the world and you think about all your experiences the world gives you the best thing first and then you can never obtain that that feeling that you got on the first time that you've done something of the world mm-hmm. every time is a little less and a little less and a little less so you got to do more and more and more to get back to that what you experienced the first time that is that right there is is the opposite of the way the Lord works. The more you seek him, the more you find him, the better it gets. So whatever is good right now won't last. The next thing is going to be even better. And the next thing is going to be even better. The next thing is going to be even better. And that's how Satan works. He is a deceiver. He takes the good things of God and he gives it all to you and your feelings and your emotions and all right off the bat to get you get you hooked in. And then you just strive and strive and strive to get back to that in your own works. And it never comes. And you go farther and farther and farther away. And he just keeps, and you just, and all you're doing is seeking for that, that one thing that you experienced at the beginning. Say, uh, Satan, he is a deceiver. Yeah. Jesus Christ is a redeemer. Amen. He is a, ooh, 
Jesus Christ is a redeemer. He leads you forward. He leads you forward. So as you experience grace, you experience mercy, you experience goodness. This, this, oh man, this is the best I've ever felt until the next thing comes. Oh my goodness, I can't imagine how, how I could feel any better than this. And then the next thing comes. And it's, it's just joy unspeakable. And it just continues to build. It continues to grow. Do we still have sufferings? Yes, we do. But we have peace in the sufferings. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that only comes from God because he is in itself self-sufficient and and it's endless supply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Because when you worship Christ, he's building you up as you're wor- worshiping him. He was so selfless that he paid the price not only just for our, you know, to for redemption, which is amazing, but also he paid it because he wanted to build us up and grow us and give us life. But Satan, when we worship him, he's getting the glory but he's tearing you down little by little and you yep. don't even realize it because he has you so deceived that he's killing you. You're you're dying as as you're distracted by him. Yep. But when you worship Jesus, he's literally building, building us up. up. Mm. He's perfecting his his creation as we worship him. So it's literally it's not the opposite. Mm-hmm. They're not opposites, but no. they do the opposite thing. Yep. It's life and death is yep. what it is. One is life and one is death. Amen. Let me can I read I want to read this hymn real fast before we yeah. go to break. I love hymns. Um, I really do. I think there's rich in a lot of things. Um, I think this one is called God Unchangeable. This is going to be an unfamiliar one, but um, I love the words. And, of course, you got to remember these are written in a different era, so little words are tricky. All-powerful, self-existent God, who all creation doeth sustain. Thou wasn't and thou art, I mean, thou wast and art and art to come, and everlasting is thy reign. Fixed and eternal as thy days, which is basically saying he never changes. Each glorious attribute divine through ages infinite shall still with unblemished lustrous shine. Fountain of being, source of good, immutable doest thou remain. Nor can the shadow of a change obscure the glories of thy reign. Earth may, earth may with all of her powers dissolve if such the great creator's will. But thou forever art the same. I am is thy memorial still. Amen. I love it. That's awesome. I, I think one of my favorite parts is Earth may with all of her powers dissolve if such the great creator's will, but thou art forever the same. I am is thy memorial still. Saying he's never changing. Amen. He's self-sufficient. Amen. If everything else went away, he still stands. Yeah. Amen. If the earth didn't exist, he still stands. If gravity wasn't there, he still stands. If and he says it, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words <clears throat> shall never pass away. Yep. Amen. Because he is infinite. He is eternal. There is no beginning. There is no end. He's from the lineage of the Mel. He, he The Melchizedek is a shadow. No beginning of days and no end of days. He always has been. Mel being king, Kezedek being priest. Mm-hmm. There's real quick before we go yeah. to break. Uh, there's another song, actually a newer song that's out now. It's by House Fires, and it's called Satisfied. Um, I keep my head, I keep my eyes up. I think, mm-hmm. um, and I love like the the building part, the bridge part that says, "When the whole earth is shaking, heaven keeps singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord," mm-hmm. and that. And I believe that is the secret place because we literally are connected to heaven. Mm. Like when the whole earth is shaking, when everything around in this earth and the natural realm is going wrong, uh, burning, you know, in destruction and chaos, 
it doesn't change what's happening in heaven. There's constant worship in heaven, constant peace in heaven, constant like, and it's that worship of of him. Like I don't know. I, I just think those words are so powerful. It, that's what that hymn reminded me of. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Heaven still singing holy. All right, let's do our second trivia question for the day here. And uh, let me see here. Uh, Thursday question number two, sponsored by Higdon Surveying. When Jesus had in mind to feed the 5,000, who did he ask where they should buy the bread for the people to eat? When Jesus had in mind to feed the 5,000, who did he ask where they should buy the bread for the people to eat? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Uh, 2023. It's only June the 20th. It's only June 1st, 2023 you'll ever have in the history of your life. So today we make the most of it for the glory of Jesus, that his name may be lifted up and he's exalted in all the earth. When he be lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. Amen. We've been talking about some good stuff this morning. Self-sufficiency of God, that there is no other than that he stands alone, that of all creation and all the earth was, was, uh, blown away. Still stands tall. He is sufficient on nothing other than himself. <laughs> Amen. All, Amen. All life comes from God. Yep. His life came from himself. <laughs> he is self-sufficient. Yep. <laughs> uh, Mind-blowing. Um, Iris, who's our 12-year-old, she couldn't figure this out the other night. She goes, when was God born? Never. Never. What? You know, that's kind of what she said. Because yeah. um, she's really trying to figure it out. And yeah. it is it is mind-blowing. But we got to stop limiting God like he's like us. He's not like us. And, I mean, we are his creation. He is the creator. And he is far greater than anything we could ever imagine or comprehend. He's infinite. Um, you remember in high school or school when they, they taught us infinite and what it meant that we, we drew a line that was never ending? Mm-hmm. That it's, you put those arrows in, it means it just continues uh-huh. always and always. He's infinite. You yeah. can draw a line each way and there is no beginning point and there is no end point. There's only arrows to say it's continuing both ways for eternity. Amen. So. That just brought me back to, you know, when every caster sins as far as the east is from the west. You know, you can go north so far until you start to go south. But if you're going east or you're going west, it don't matter. You're always going to, until you change and go the other way, you're always going to go. So... The separation from east to west is repentance. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know why yeah. that's just come, but <laughs> that's just come to me. As far as the east is from the west. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I was drinking right when you caught me there. Uh, <laughs> and so I love a good cherry Coke in the morning. Um, <laughs> I love a cheesecake in the afternoon. Love cheesecake in the morning. Um Cheesecake is, it's kind of infinitely good. Uh, it's not as infinitely good as God, but it's its pretty good. Um, and so there is no, um, what's your favorite drink, Greg? Uh, WD-40? I like the uh, <laughs> the water of the word. The, the water of the word. <laughs> that's what I like. That's my favorite drink. The, uh, the water of, wa- the washing of regeneration yes, through the word. All right, all right, I got gotcha. you. That's my favorite drink. All right, well played, well played. <laughs> the water in the stone. Uh, Amen, sister. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just don't hit it three times. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Hannah, what's your favorite drink? Coffee? Uh, 
I don't know if I, I consider coffee like a whole ex, a whole hobby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I classify it as just a drink. There's, but. There, yeah. Coffee stands alone in Hannah's uh, life. Uh, favorite drink? I mean, I'd probably have to say water. Seriously, water. I mean, I don't want to drink it all the time, but it makes me feel the best. So I don't, I don't know. like. Here's here's me. If it's cold, now here's I'm just. If it's cold, vanilla cherry coke. I love it. If it's lukewarm, Mountain Dew. I love a luke lukewarm Mountain Dew. I have no idea why. Huh. But and um, water and well, water is kind like of like a, a lukewarm anything. Uh, <laughs> uh-uh, I like everything ice cold. <laughs> oh, either be hot or cold. I don't want it. Well, water is kind of up there with <laughs> salad with me. Um, I now I will drink water. Um, and honestly, I know it sounds stupid. If my feet hurt, I know I'm probably dehydrated. Need more water mm-hmm. and probably less cherry coke. Um, yeah. I do like infused waters though. So like I like to spice it up and have like fruit in it or something. <laughs> I'm not into infusion. I'm in an imputation. <laughs> I'm not about mixing my works with him. It's all about his. Amen. That's what I ain't mixing works. Purified water. Yeah. Oh, uh, one listener okay. said, "What about bacon and cheesecake?" Uh, well, I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm not biased towards bacon. I mean, I'm okay. I mean, I'll take bacon or cheesecake. I was telling somebody the other day. Everybody thinks I eat bacon like all the time. Well, to be honest with you, I can't afford bacon. Um, bacon is way too expensive for my family, and so we uh, we hardly ever eat bacon. Like honestly, it is yeah. really expensive. I feel like nobody talks about that. Yeah, like I mean, everybody thinks I eat bacon all the time, and I wish I did. But like Wednesday night, we eat. We have a Wednesday night tradition. Um, <laughs> we're very traditional. We have bread, <laughs> fried egg, cheese, and bologna or bologna. Because <laughs> I can't afford bacon. You know, I would have a bacon, egg, and cheese, but I can't afford bacon, so we have to do the blogna. Ethan, me and Ethan had a real adulting moment you know, when it was before we got married, but we were starting a grocery shop together, and we didn't realize how expensive bacon really was until we were going to bring that to a family gathering. Like our thing, we were going to make, I was going to make something with bacon, and I think it was, oh, uh, what was it? I think it was like those little smokies wrapped in bacon or something. Mm hmm. And Those I went to we went to go buy the bacon and we had to get a large pack of it because you know large family and we looked at the price and said what in the world how has our family ever afforded bacon See you just preached my sermon <laughs> Sunday morning didn't you What in the world <laughs> Yep and uh, and honestly Ethan was like are you sure we just don't want to pick up uh, <laughs> like some chips and dip or something <laughs> So it was adulting 101 Yeah that's, that was the title of my sermon Sunday morning Greg what in oh, the yeah. world? What? What in the world? <laughs> what in the world? She just preached it. Well, what in the See? world? We all have those moments in life, whether it's gotcha. the price of bacon or... Yeah, what in the world? <laughs> what in the world is going on here? I preached from the life of Joseph. And how many times did Joseph probably say that? What yeah, in the world? Really? What in the world? Uh, again? Man, you know, Lord told me I'm doing this, 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 and this is what I see. Well, I know what's coming. He was faithful. I know what's coming. Yeah. I like that. I don't know when it's coming. I don't know how it's coming, but I know it's coming because God said well, it is. Let me ask so. you this question. Let me ask you why I got you here. And then I know you want to talk about the two witnesses. I don't want to take that away. No, I want to. I'd like to just, uh, we, we've got like 12 more verses. We can finish this chapter here. Or In 10? Yeah, but there's uh, there's a lot of stuff he's about to talk about that. I All like right, to talk about. well we can do that then. I don't. I'm, yeah. I'm good. I mean, we can get I'm to flexible. the two witnesses too. Um, but, well, you, know, we just you just keep... you had texted me yesterday saying you wanted to. So well, yeah, but the thing is though, we've got a good thing going here. And, and uh, <laughs> all right, well let me finish. Yeah. Let me ask you this one question, then we'll go back to John chapter ten. I have no okay. problem finishing it. Um, 
in the life of Joseph, because actually I've had mixed reviews, mm-hmm. and I've even had people write in the station whenever I've talked about this before. Okay. So I'm curious your opinion. All right. Do you think Joseph should have told them when he had the dream? Uh, or do you think he should have kept it himself? I don't know. Never thought about it. Told his you brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, whenever I have dreams and... And uh, I tell people about my dreams. And uh, Now, you had a brother, though, right? Yeah, I got two brothers and two sisters. So if you had a dream that they were going to bow down and worship you, would you tell them that? Well, I mean, I don't know. I never <laughs> had a dream. You know what I'm saying? I've never been told. You know, I've never had that dream before, so I don't know. But uh, I think that uh, there's a purpose and a plan. And he had to tell his brothers to prov- to provoke their jealousy to put him in the position where God wanted him to be. So everything had to happen in God's plan. God's plan was to give him his dream because God knew he was going to tell his brothers that he's going to get jealous, that he's going to sell him into slavery, he's going to put him in it, uh, into uh, next to the, what it was it, the cook and uh, the cupsman, yep. whatever. He's going to interpret his dream that's going to move him up a little farther. I mean, all these things had to happen. Potiphar's in, wife, in that, you got all those areas. All of those had to happen in that order. So, so yeah, I guess I would because that's the but way. But the God Lord actually it. dealt with that in Genesis fifty and said, "What they intended for evil, I've turned around and used it for your glory, yeah. your good." And so it's like this. So is the, hold on, let me let me back up. Uh huh. So let's go back and let's remember who He is. He is infinite. Are we? Okay. Right. The God. Father. Okay. God. Right. Our Father is infinite. I don't know if we're talking about Joseph. No, or no, the Father. no, no. Joseph. He's <laughs> not. Joseph. Joseph's not infinite. No. God is infinite. Okay? Sure. And he knows the end from the beginning. Mm-hmm. He has a purpose and a plan. My ways are right, he says, and I change not. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. Nothing caught him by surprise. Like, oh, didn't see that one coming. Man, well, yep. uh, since this has happened, I'm going to do this, this, and this. That's not it. Yeah. That's not it. You know, he's seen the end from the beginning. He knew from the beginning, from the foundations of the earth, that the lamb would be slain for us. He knew from the foundations of the earth who's going to serve, who's not going to serve. And people have a hard time believing that, and that's okay. That's, you know, you don't have to agree with me. That's fine. But he knew. Mm-hmm. And he knew what's what. And he knew that he's going to give Joseph his dream. He knew that he's going to tell his brothers about the dream. And he knew that his brother's going to put him in his place. And he knew that this guy's going to do this and this and this and this because he has a plan that is perfect and it's going to be done. Yeah. And it's going to be done the way that he is orchestrated. But it doesn't mean that Joseph did the right thing. Cause, and it doesn't mean that anybody did the like. And what I mean by this is... I'm not trying to put this on Joseph. Like, I'm not trying to say Joseph is a sinner or anything like that. What I'm saying is that God will work all things, even if we do it in bad attention, or even if we'll do it like he works all things together for the good of those who I love gotta God. i got to go even farther because I know where you're going with this, and people are will disagree with me, and that's okay. He, he did it the way God had it planned. God had it planned out. Sure. You well, know, and, uh, and yeah, he... You know, this goes back, and and, uh, I have a friend, a good friend. We talk about the word a lot, and he believes that that we have a free will. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you all, if we've ever discussed this, but I'll just go and say I don't believe we have a free will. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe that uh, we are servants. We're made to serve. Mm -hmm. And uh, because if I had a free will, 
I'll be dumping this carcass and headed north right now to, or straight up. I don't know which way that is, to, <laughs> to where the father is. I don't know if that's north, you know. That's Eat <laughs> Town. Yeah. All right. No, no. But, I, you, know, my, you know, my will would be to dump this carcass and go be with him. I can't do that. So where's my will? Well, Not my will, but I'd be there. But anyways, well, that's another story for another day. But my thing is, I believe that he has a purpose and a plan. And everything is worked out exactly the way that he has purposed it. Mm-hmm. What? It's cell phone. Sometimes we'll do okay. the, They don't hear it. Okay. Uh, uh, well, any which way, and and that's hard to believe, and I understand that. You know, it it it's it's hard to to wrap your head around God just knowing and yeah. planning this out from the beginning. But I believe he did. Well, I believe that there's no nothing caught him by surprise. He didn't have to regroup. He didn't have to go back. And, and reassess things you know he he has he had planned it all out mm-hmm. he had weighed the cost he had counted the, you know what it, what did he say count the cost and he and he put it in motion yeah i think that regardless of joseph told his brothers or not i think god would have got him to egypt because that was the plan um i think sometimes our choices affect our journey and uh well, i agree with that and yeah. i think that I'm more of along the lines of I think we have free will and I think God's sovereign. I don't, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't, I don't separate them. Yeah. Um, I think they're two in one because you never find a part in Scripture where they conflict with each other. Well, I don't know where it says that we have a free. I haven't read now, that we have a free will in here. If anywhere. you want the now, the but free will, me, you know. the free will. Sometimes we perceive that we have. I don't necessarily think the doctrine of free will is another one that's relatively newer based, like the way we perceive it in some areas. Yep. And and I think we have to be cautious of where we go with the free will because you cannot yep. separate the free will and the sovereignty. They've got to go together. We have to see God's sovereignty at hand, but we also got to see that man's decisions have impacts. Oh, yeah. And, and I will say this. We will, we will have consequences for every action that we take. I'm not saying that that's not going to happen. I'm not saying that we're not making our decisions. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we have we we have ways that we think and we based on the ways that we think we make our decisions. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying that we we're just sitting here mindless and we we you know, we have no that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that God knows. Well, of course he knows. And God knows from the beginning which way you was going to go in every decision that you made. He saw you make that already. And he's worked it. And he's worked it out. Um, from for, the beginning, yeah. Well, that's and, that's, and that's Romans eight. When well, see, those, I didn't even know that. Those so who he predestined, those who he foreknew, he predestined, and those who he predestined, he predestined to become conformed to the image of the Son. Those who he predestined, he justifies. He calls those who he calls. He justifies those who he justifies. He glorifies. So it's all that golden chain of redemption. Yeah. So but, my thing is, and I don't. I'm not taking away that we don't make choice. We do. We do. <laughs> Hey, I'm living proof. If we could go back and see the highlights of of my destruction <laughs> from my past, I, every one of those consequences was a direct result of my actions that I yeah. chose to do. And I, you know, yeah. I want to, I don't want to throw that out. But I'm just saying that since I became born again, and even whenever I went astray. He brought me back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because if it was to me to do the things that I wanted to do, I would have continued on. Uh-huh. But his power was greater in me that pulled me back to him. Because you're his sheep. Because yeah. I'm his, and it's nothing of me, because if it was of me, he would have just let me go. Yeah. Esau, 
who I hated, Jacob that I loved, Esau who I hated. He blessed Esau, did he not? He had he was a great nation, right? Mm-hmm. All right. He but he never corrected Esau, right? He let him go. Mm-hmm. He never correct. He let Esau go and do what he's going to do. Jacob, boy, he rode him like a, you know, a barred mule. He whooped him we up constantly, chastising, 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 because yeah. he loves. Yeah. He chastises those that he well, loves. The the reason I always bring up this question about Joseph should have yeah. told his brothers or not, is I I believe our decisions have consequences, and I believe they have impact on the journey, and I believe I agree with that. I believe that the journey to Egypt would have happened any way you look at it. God would have got Joseph there. But the reason I bring this up all the time is I see today a lot of people get words from the Lord. They get these insights, and we never know how to hold it. We don't know how to, we don't know, like, we think we just immediately have to go tell everybody and tell everything. We just, I mean, like, God's going to show us things that we don't always have to run and tell the world. We always don't have to run and tell everything. And... I think one of the greatest things Christians can learn, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this from experience because I have really messed myself up, is this. You have to control your tongue. And Mm -hmm. the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And everything the Lord shows you, you don't have to run and tell. How many times have we heard people get themselves head over heels in trouble or head over heels in issues because they started to say something out of season? And you cannot do it. Hold it and wait. Like, just hold it and wait and allow the Spirit of the Lord to marinate it. Hannah? Yeah, Can I, I say agree. something? Okay, so the whole time, you know, I'm listening to this conversation, I've been, you know, I've thinking through how the reason why making a decision that, like Joseph made, the reason that we can learn from that and the reason that we do want to learn and not make a mistake isn't to avoid the suffering that it will cause the consequences that it will cause necessarily but more to avoid affecting someone else if that makes sense now i'm not saying we should just want to go through suffering but i believe that suffering is going to happen no matter what Mm -hmm. like i believe those consequences would have eventually happened to him in some way or some form because i believe we have to have suffering and stretching and all of that to develop us like you know you've taught multiple on multiple sermons Mm -hmm. but i believe that the re that joseph was supposed to make that decision because and i i believe this that he he made that decision and people who have made certain decisions like that were meant to because so other people could learn from it because and i'm not saying i'm not saying that god just wishes suffering on us or wishes those consequences <laughs> on us like he wants us yeah. to but he already knows what we're going to choose and i believe that it was part of his plan though because i think I guess what I'm saying is when we're looking at like how to make decisions and why we want to learn from that person, I don't think the, the motivation behind it is necessarily to avoid the consequences for ourselves. I think it's more like the reason why, you know, we're told there's power of life and death in the tongue and to, you know, pray before we share things is more for the other people that we're influencing. Because if you look at it, I mean, that, had an effect on his brothers like he was taken care of all yeah. throughout the process but it did have an effect on his brothers when he messed up and did yeah. that but and and i and i think the lord had it worked out already because the lord did know like he knows what i'm doing tomorrow like i'm not even there and he knows he's mm-hmm. sovereign he, he sees the end from the beginning the beginning from the end and so like 
the Lord had worked all things together for the good already with Joseph and his situation. He mm-hmm. was sovereign over every step, every step. He used every step to continue to position Joseph right where Joseph needed to be. But we also kind of see a different situation whenever we get to David and Saul. Like Saul was the king the people wanted, head and shoulders above the above everybody else. He was a handsome man. He was that leader. Like he was what they were looking for in a leader. David wasn't. He was a little redheaded, chubby little boy. Like he, I mean, honestly, that's kind of what David was. Like mm-hmm. David wasn't like spectacular like Saul was. David was actually anointed to be a king, and David very could easily had gone up there and started slinging his weight around. I'm anointed to be king, Saul. Get out of my way. Get out. But what does actually David do? He uh, he respects the anointing. He honors it. He yeah. serves the king. The, Saul's trying to kill him. David has an opportunity to kill Saul. Yeah. He never does it. Touch not thy anointed. And until until God got David right where he needed to be, David kind of kept his mouth shut and kept serving. Yeah. And and I think that like I actually think we could learn from that. And I think we see the dichotomy and the differences. I'm not trying to pick on Joseph. I'm not trying to put more on Joseph than he deserves. That Joseph had a rough life. He I mean poor guy just kept getting out all these situations but it's like i said he got close enough to sin that potiphar's wife could drive grab his jacket well let me ask you this oh sorry uh i'll go ahead i was just gonna ask you all this question and i mean this won't take long do you see more i see more of an uh, immaturity in joseph like when i look at how david handled that whole situation Mm -hmm. i see more of a spiritual maturity and when i look at joseph i see immaturity he's a young child sure you know i mean no david was young too but there was more of a maturity with him he was older by the time he was anointed you know what i'm saying where is well he come in from the field yeah but he had had more i think he had more spiritual maturity about him because he had been prophesying he's been getting mysteries he's been doing messianic psalms and And well and so Let's go back to uh, Jacob and uh, Joseph. So all Joseph life, what did Jacob tell him? You know, you're my favorite. I love you. You're the you're the one. You're the you know. He's put him on his pedestal. Mm-hmm. You know, he gave him a coat of many colors mm-hmm. above all of his buddies or all yep. of his brothers. And uh, so I think that in his mind, from what he was he's put up here, he didn't see that he was doing anything wrong. Hey, I had another dream. This is my dream. Yeah. Y'all want to hear what my dream is? And these brothers are jealous of him already, but regardless of his dreams. Mm-hmm. They're already jealous of him because their father loves him more. And yep. these dreams that he has is just a straw that broke the camel's back. All right, I had enough of this little mm-hmm. runt. Let's get rid of mm-hmm. him. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, I think uh, his immaturity created, yeah. he had a lack of wisdom. Because well, of the I, immaturity, I, think, I just and in yeah, I would say that, but I just uh, I just I believe that he was just a. Uh, uh, but God already knew; He still chose him despite yeah. knowing that he would be immature at that yeah. moment. You yeah. know, I th- I think that if Joseph didn't go through everything Joseph went through, Joseph had never been able to forgive his brothers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I tell I you, think you it this: him. if uh, and I see what you're saying too, Aaron, about you know not revealing what the Lord is showing too you. quickly you too there's quickly. a time and yeah. a season yeah because i mean i uh i get all kinds of revelation from the lord and it's uh and if i was to talk about it on here y'all probably wouldn't have me come back <laughs> but <laughs> but it's just uh but that's that's the way it is but little by little it all unfolds you know yeah and, yeah. Uh, and also yeah. do you know uh, you know the verse about like 
the if you're trusted with little then you'll be trusted with more mm-hmm. i can't yeah. articulate what yeah. that verse says but yeah. um i'm just reminded of that verse because you do see like i mean he had that revelation but mm-hmm. then he really wasn't trusted with like yeah. after that he had to go through a lot of consequences and he really wasn't trusted with more revelation until later yeah well see i just i don't believe that those consequences was from his actions those things that happened to him was done unto him by his jealousy of his brothers. Okay, so... But why was the jealousy there? Because of their father. Because of their father. There was that. But you... You see I think it's the whole picture. Well, it is the whole Because there was upset about, like, Joseph's telling us we're going to worship him, Dad. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, I don't think God was punishing him. No, and I... But I'm saying, like, we see that he didn't get that more revelation, like the other dreams, Mm -hmm. right, until later. Well, like, you can go to Job a little bit. Like, Job wasn't necessarily being punished. Job was actually being tested. Yeah. But there was some stuff in Job that had to get out. Yeah. And... And Where every, were you, Job? Well, it's, I, was I think we always thing, perceive yeah. trials and temptation because religion wants us to see it yeah. as punishment. punishment. Yeah. yeah. But it's sometimes development. it's Amen. development. There it's, you go. And it's like um, we said Tuesday morning, don't let your issues in life define you. Let them develop you. That's, and that's, that's what I'm trying to get a point right here. So this was a plan to develop mm-hmm. Joseph, to put him in the position that God's going to use him at as next to Pharaoh. And to know. mature him because yeah. then what, th- through the development yeah. you get more mature and then yeah. when he was more mature he was able to literally help save a yeah. people. Like he was able to help well yeah. forgive his brothers which you have to have spiritual maturity to forgive yeah. after all of that yeah. and then also help in saving, playing an yeah. instrumental role in like a I guess political like mm-hmm. leadership. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yeah. And again I don't think it's like Joseph is being punished. I really do think Joseph is being developed, developed the whole time. Yeah, yeah. that's and, what I And say. I think that Joseph had some stuff that to get it out of him. And that's what we all are sure. being done. Yeah. We're all being developed, Yeah, you know, and uh, through trials and tribulation. And uh, now don't, you know, don't mistake me as if we're not going to be punished, you know, because, you know, he chastises those that, we, that he loves. Yeah. So if you're doing something uh, against what he wants you to do, well, then you can look for a chastisement if you're his son or a daughter. You know, you're going you're gonna to get scolded. You're gonna but the punitive consequences are for development, not yeah, for destruction. Not for destruction. It's to, yeah. to, That's to, wrath. To, wrath yeah. is for destruction. Yeah, I mean, at that point, there yeah. ain't, there's no room for repentance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that, that, that ship has sailed. <laughs> yeah. At when, when it's, it's done too late yeah. at the point of wrath. Yeah. But the three things that I love from the story of Joseph that I get, first of all, is that he will position us right when we, even when we don't even realize what he's doing. Yeah. Like we don't always have to know what God's doing. That's called trust and faith. Yeah. The second thing is really that um, is, I guess you could say this: don't get too close to sin. Even if yeah. you're not sinning, yeah. don't get so close it has an opportunity to grab the coat. Amen. And yeah. the third thing is what we say and when we say it really does have an influence and impact. And I agree. Um, yeah. As yeah. I guess I'll speak to pastors just for a second, and then we'll take a break and come back and finish this out this morning, is you don't need to be the one telling everybody what they're called to do. You need to be giving them the tools to hear and receive from the Lord and be able to confirm what's going on in their heart. Yeah, Um, I don't sit there and say, Hannah, you're called to this. What I pray is, God, I feel like you're calling Hannah to this. I need... And I w- I'm praying you reveal that to her so it would be confirmation for everybody and that you would give me the ability to help her get the tools that she needs to walk out what you called her to. 
because I've seen a lot of pastors put people into positions that they may be called to, but they're not ready to. And I think that's kind of what Joseph, Joseph got this dream. He's going to get there, but he wasn't ready for the there yet. And he was already trying to put himself there almost. And the Lord took him through this whole series of positioning so that Joseph could be prepared when he really did get there. But the worst thing we could do in the church is put people in positions that their giftings can take them, but their character can't keep them. And we have to learn to slow our roll sometime and stop trying to force everything to happen so quickly. Well, yeah. and I just I see things just a little different. I don't believe that uh, that somebody else uh, acknowledges someone else's calling. I, I don't believe I believe that if someone is called, they're going to be called from the Lord, and it's not going to be uh, provoked. By, so by, you, don't, you don't think there's confirmation? Yes, I do believe there's confirmation. Because I think there's counsel in yeah. the wisdom of many. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do believe I that there's confirmation, 100% confirmation, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, but the calling itself can only come from the Lord is what I'm saying. Yeah. Only, only the calling. Well, that's, what now, I'm, that's what I'm trying to say yeah, is that. So once the calling has been, uh, they feel that they've been called, and they come to you as you're, you know, you're their pastor and say, I feel that I've been called, then... At that point, okay, well, let's just pray. Let's seek the Lord, and uh, and and if you're called in this field, this this is what the Word says. This is what the Word said. This is what the Word says. You can go and study this, and and uh, yeah. and the Spirit will confirm itself. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the season of man calling you to something's got to end. Yeah. yeah, because I think the propensity there is just putting a warm body you, to open a position. You nailed it. You nailed it right there. The season of man. Mm-hmm. must come to an end the season of man because we if we've that's the issue right now man has got so far in the way of everything and and it's just bound the yeah. hands of the lord and uh we need to step not i'm not saying forsake yourself sooner together no i i I love my church. I love you know where God has put me. I love the people he's put around me. I love all the uh the 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 men and women that that he has sent in my life put in my life and has and has taught me things in this and that but i know that all these people are from the lord and anything that i've learned i've learned from the lord and not from a man anything that i know no man has taught me any of these things this is everything that i have in me has come from the lord and the, and you will know the difference in something that comes from the Lord and something that comes from man because if it comes from man, it can be persuaded. Like if I teach you something and I say, hey, this is what this means, okay? And it may sound good and it does this. Well, then Aaron can come over and take that same thing and teach you something else. And and it sounds good and it and it works, you see? But if the Lord gives you something can nobody that it's unmovable because it's come from the lord and he is but we do have the instruction to teach the word yes we do for paul actually paul actually paul paul discussed the word persuasion many times and i don't want to take away from that i do but i want to put christ as the center focus he's got to be the center he has to sit yeah he has to be centered because he has to give the teacher the lesson for that person yeah you see what i'm saying he has to be with the preacher for the message of that hour. He has to be with the the elder 
for the message in that situation that they've brought before him. Well, that's you, why we have the Holy Spirit, yes. because our spirit will bear witness to what they're teaching. Yeah. Bear witness. And plus, the way we see happen a lot in the, Old, in the New Testament church is that God's calling people to things. Mm-hmm. And then the apostles, the, the elders were confirming and establishing. Yep. And, OK, well, you're God's calling you here. So Timothy got called in the ministry. But Timothy still had to, he was being confirmed by the elders. He was saying, yeah, you you know, Timothy and Titus, they really talk about the qualifications of elders and deacons. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, God's called you to be an elder. God's called you to be a minister. God's called you this. Here's what that consists of. Here's the life that you're going to have to live. Here's this, here's these expectations, these accountability traits. Um, and, and so I, I think, like, what I think is man so often tries to put people in open positions with warm bodies yeah, and it never goes well. But also we can't put everybody everywhere. They just come up and I mean, honestly, I get a lot of times God's called me here. God's called me here. God's mm-hmm. doing this, this, and that, this, and that. If I put everybody everywhere, they said God called them to, then it would be chaos. Oh yeah. And what I'm saying is there's, there's going to be confirmation. Like I don't, that's I call just, it. That's that confirmation. That's yeah. just, that's I, the spirit. I have a terminology know. I use sometimes. I don't want Aaronmation. I want confirmation. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> I don't want you to go somewhere because yeah. Aaron told you to. Yeah. And I'm I'm and and if Hannah comes up to me tomorrow and says God's called me to be um, the maintenance person, okay? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something she probably would never do. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So call me to be the maintenance person. All right. Well, she feels like God's calling her to that. Mm-hmm. Well, if God really was calling her for that. I think there will be confirmation. And yeah. and if he hasn't, then that would be my responsibility, like it would be the elders or something like that in the New Testament, say, let's pray about this. Let's seek the Lord. Um, you know, I don't get a witness yet because it's going to bear witness with us. And uh, I think that's where the, the church comes in at at that point. But everything is to the glory of Jesus. Yeah. Everything is to the glory. It's always going to point back to Jesus. It's always for Jesus, about Jesus, to lift up Jesus, to exalt Jesus, for the glory of God to be poured out on the earth as the waters cover the sea. But I do think he puts people in our lives to help hold us accountable because I'm going to be very honest with you. There's been seasons I've said, God's called me to this, and I'm so thankful that I had godly men in my life to look at me and say, I don't think that's going to be yeah. your... And and man, it, got, it kept me from a lot of mess. Like, um, there was... I ain't going to share all of it. I mean, there, I'm, there, I'm with <laughs> you. I mean, you know. I, I think that's where the, the brothers at an iron sharpening mm-hmm. iron. I think that's where the forsaking, not the assembly. And all of together. that, all of that, in order for it to work properly, has to be Christ-centered. Because if they, had they not been, you know, had a good relationship with the Lord spiritually, then how could they tell you what you needed to hear? You mm-hmm. see what I mean? Yeah. Well, they couldn't. It's. I mean, they got to be led by the Spirit. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's my. That's that's what I want to put the main focus is on Christ Jesus, because He is the Word made flesh, and He is the only way to the Father. Mm-hmm. There's no other way. So if there's any kind of guidance, any kind of direction, it has to come from Him. Mm-hmm. It has to come from Him because any other way is the same as a thief and a robber. Yeah. Yep. I'm not smart enough to give people direction with myself. Um, <laughs> I just sit there across the table and say, I don't know what I'm doing, but Jesus does, and hmm. I like him. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's do what um, he do. I think that's why God uses ordinary people a lot. Yeah, ordinary people. I'm that, an or, it's good to be ordinary because <laughs> the Lord chooses a lot of ordinary people. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know in the, I've been, there's been some people that have, 
been hesitant to um, like, you know, sit in a church that I'm pastoring because I don't have a degree or I don't have this or um, even my age at sometimes. And I say, well, it's not about me. Like, and it's God will use whoever and whatever. And he's I proved mean, that by using a donkey. If he used a donkey, he can use Aaron. You know what I'm That's what he Hannah says all the time. <laughs> it, Hannah says it's, it's the fact that you can't speak well and eloquent that people actually like you, Aaron. I'm like, well, thank you. It makes me, makes me so encouraged. No. Uh, so, it wasn't said quite like that. Hey, you're not the only one. My, my preacher man over there, Curtis, he, he gets tongue tangled in, in trying to read. And, and he's like, y'all know I can't read. You know what it says. <laughs> hey, but everybody has their weaknesses. You might get yeah. tongue tangled, but I get mind tangled yeah, a well, lot. My mind gets wrapped up well, in a Well, that's my problem is this is moving a whole lot faster than this <laughs> can get, move. And that's yeah. my problem is I'm just like. Yeah, but also you can also recall scripture when you need to. And, like, think through it, you know? And that's important because even if something comes out a little bit wrong, it, as long as you're speaking truth, that's all that matters. And that's uh, for everybody. Yeah. And I've definitely... That's the way my preacher is. You know, once he gets through the reading of the Word, he can he's good to go. But, he, yeah. you know, and he, he has his days, though. He can, some days he gets through there and it doesn't even have a hiccup. So he does all right. Well, I, I'll be <laughs> honest with you. I am much better. I struggle to read the KJV still. Yeah. Like, cause I don't re- like, I preach from a lot, but if I'm studying, I never study. Like, that's not my study Bible. It kind of oh, takes it's, longer to read. It's it's the ESV. Like, if I'm studying, it's either ESV or the NASB. That's no. what I study from. But I will and say this: this is where my to. comment stemmed from. Okay, <laughs> there's people who will use eloquent speech to mask them having a lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like their speech will sound good. The it'll be it'll sound all fancy and stuff, but what they're actually saying, they're just using all this fluff to <laughs> fill time. Yeah. Like they're not actually giving you substance. Yeah. And what I was saying is like, like you're giving us the bread. substance. You're giving us the substance. Yeah. Like that's all I care about. Yeah. I would rather just have plainly the substance with a few hiccups along the way than <laughs> yeah. than someone to just be giving me empty words that yeah. are so yeah. So fancy that I have to think for five minutes about what they mean. <laughs> yeah. I um, I remember I was preaching a sermon at Hilltop one time, and we had two or three guests come in. And when I got done, I was like, man, I, I think it was a decent sermon. Like, and I don't say that very often. Like, I'm very critical. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and then this, this guy come back from the back pew. Um, he had only been there once or twice. He was kind of a new guest. And he was an, I don't even know if he was actually a Christian. Like, um, I think he's either a very new Christian or he was searching. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. And he kind of come up to me and he said, you know, that was a really good sermon. I didn't understand half of it, but it was good. <laughs> and it was kind of like he, he I, said something about using so many scriptures. Like, cause I used like probably yeah. 25 scriptures that morning and I used words that most people would say, preacher should, you should do this. And I remember kind of leaving, and that's always stuck with me because I think I preached a message that were, was theologically correct. It was the exegesis of the text was fine, hermeneutically, all these things. And I'm sitting here going, oh, we get it, all this. But then I'm like, I didn't get the point across this guy, though. It's like I may have had impressive words. I may have been able to yeah. use 22 scriptures. But at the end of the day, the point of this message did not reach this guy. And from that point forward, I started to think, how can I preach and teach in such a way that even my kids can understand it when they yeah. leave? 
the way Jesus did. And yep. it almost was like this guy Power was very, this guy was actually sp- trying to be encouraging. Like yeah. he wasn't being like yeah. derogatory or mean, but it was almost like a turning point in preaching for me. Because if you can leave and say, oh, pastor did a, he, pre- you see all the words he said? Don't <laughs> understand them, but they, they, they seemed impressive. Yeah. I, I, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, no. but if they're anything. leaving there and they're understanding what the text is saying, yeah, to me that's the point. And yeah. so that's really ever since that day, that's kind of been my point of preaching and teaching is I want to get whatever's there. Yeah, I want to get it in your brain, and yeah. I want this to be here. Yeah, and what, however I got to say it, or whatever words have to be used to get it done, you know, let it be done. But the important thing, like you said, Jesus spoke in such a way where everybody hearing, regardless of your educational training, your age, your qualification, you could hear it. And yeah. I think that's the important thing. And so we blue blast our break. I don't even think if... Yeah. I don't even know. I, I, I don't even think we can really take a break at this point. It would be a song or something like that, and we'd have two minutes coming back in. So um, we'll just finish her out. We'll finish her out this morning. All right. All right let's finish John, John chapter 10 then. You wanted to go back to there. Well, I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll read some of it. All I don't right, know if we'll it. get through it. Let's uh, see. We're on 31, ain't we? 31. Then the Jews took up stones against, or again to stone him. Jesus answered. Hold on, can, let's let's say why the Jews are wanting to stone him. It's right. the previous statement. I and my Father are one. Yeah, they're still upset because yeah. he's declaring to be one with God. And yeah. if he declares to be one with God, what's he declaring to be? God. God. Yeah. And this is what's riling them up so much. Let me ask you this. Do you do you uh, can, do you feel like you are one with the Father? Well, that's what Jesus prayed for us to be. Yeah, because that's the way I feel. Yeah, you know, I feel that I am one with the Father. Now, uh, there's a this flesh, you know, is this thing that I'm dragging around that I'm stuck in. <laughs> that's the way I look at it. The dead carcass. Yeah, the dead carcass. <laughs> uh, but you know, I I feel that I am becoming more and more one with Him. And and with that being said, it's not that I'm perfect in any way, but I'm being made perfect yeah. mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. And uh, so it's, if I make mistakes, they uh, I'm corrected. You know, he corrects me. He shows me them. He reveals them to me. And if and if I wasn't one with him, he 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 wouldn't show me these things. Yeah. He wouldn't. You, he wouldn't. Well, he wouldn't uh, correct me. He wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't teach me. He wouldn't show me these things. So, this right here, I and my father are one. Mm-hmm. That's where. That's what I'm striving for, day in and day out, is to be one with him. And again, my fleshly comprehension of what I'm going to look like whenever I get to my my body. Because this one here is just, this is just on loan. This is just a, the, what's it called, the rental car. <laughs> <laughs> so once I get to mine, it's just going to be a ball of fire. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be inside of just like the burning bush that Moses saw. I want to be that like that burning bush consumed in the fire, or, or not being consumed, but have fire all around me, but not being consumed. Mm-hmm. And everything that, and God is that fire mm-hmm. that's surrounding me. And I'm going to be right in the middle of it, and there will be nothing that can penetrate that fire. Can you imagine that day when you're there, and 
and you're inside that consuming fire, which is God. He is a consuming fire. When you're inside that and you're not being burned, and it's just he and there's no sin can penetrate that. I can't even wrap my head around that because of all (laughs) the stuff that I drag around with me that that just won't go away, you know, and I, uh, I just, I'm, I'm just excited for that day. Well, what Jesus was actually praying for us in John chapter 17 is this. He actually says, father, make them one with each other. So the first thing he's actually praying for is us to be in unity with each other. He's trying to bring us into relationship. Mm-hmm. He's trying to bring us into the body, make them Loving one with each, each other. other. Like he yep. Then he says, and let them become one with us as I am in you. Yeah. Mm. And that's what he's actually, he's trying to, the Lord is actually trying to bring stuff into uni- yep. unity. That's what he wants. All together, yep. He wants unity. And it's not at unity at the sake of compromise or, um, you know, like I'm willing to let this go. If it means getting, you know, I will never, I will never like uh, forsake truth for the sake of unity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's compromise. Yeah. And if you have compromised unity, you have unity that will never stay the course of time. You just can't do it. And so Jesus is actually praying. He's saying, but he's telling us, I and the father are one. Basically saying, now we are not God. We're not going to be God. But we are with him. We are partakers of the divine nature, Peter says. What's yeah. that mean? Is that we are now able to partake of his goodness, of his grace, of his mercy. We're able to walk in the relationship. We're able to walk in the cool of the day. The curse has been broken. We are victorious by the blood of the Lamb. Sin's not separated us. We are becoming one with him. Here's the way I explain it to my kids. Like, we've all spilled something on the table. And you've seen it saves water. You've got a puddle of water on the table. And there's one little drop that's really close to the the rest of it. What happens when it gets close enough? It just kind of sucks in there, and it's just it becomes part of the other. That's when we become one with with God. That's that's mm-hmm. you know we're just going to just like that drop of water, just be a become a part of it. Yeah. It's not that we are that. We just become a part of it. Yep. And uh, and and I believe that's. <laughs> I, I more than I believe I know that that's what's going to happen one yeah. of these days when my time has come and I get to go there and be there isn't there yep. an older song uh, one of these days well we got through ver- one verse so far we got seven minutes it's just so exciting yeah. well I can't help but think of marriage I mean it's the same thing with marriage I'm mm-hmm. not my husband and he's not me but we're one yeah mm-hmm. amen and we aren't Jesus and Jesus isn't us but we're his, we're the bride mm-hmm. the church is his bride so when I beat him at golf last night I beat you you did yes <laughs> I felt it oh, I was like goodness. oh oh my goodness alright verse 32 here we go alright Jesus answered <laughs> many good works have I showed you there you go, Aaron. There's your good yep. works <laughs> from beating her go or beating him at go. I knew it. Yeah. Uh, Jesus answered them, "Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? Mm-hmm. So which one of these good things from my Father do you want to stone me for? Is yeah. it me healing? Is it me casting out devils? For which one of these? Mm-hmm. You know what? What are you condemning me for? And the Jews answered and saying. For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou being a man makes thyself 
God. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, or Jesus answered them, It is not written in your law, I said, ye are gods. Expound on that one right there. Well, I probably, um, whenever he's talking about that. And most, it's a little G here. It's a little G. Yeah. Most of us believe he's talking about, I think it's in Psalm or Isaiah. I can't remember which one it is. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember. Um, you talk about your brain freezing up, Hannah. Uh, okay. Mine's freezing up. Usually my but, thing has like a little yeah. reference, but this doesn't. Oh yes. Well, I want that. I'll just I'll, I'll go a little bit. The reference. Well, I'll go a little bit wanna, farther while y'all. That. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Jesus answered them, "Is it not written in your law, I said, ye are gods, little g? If he called them gods, unto whom the world of God, big G, came, and the Scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him, whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest." Because I said, I am the Son of God. If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, thou believe me, and thou believe not me, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I am in him. So he's saying, if you don't believe my words, only the works that I've been doing can be done by the Father. So even if you don't believe me by my words, look at the things that the Father has done through me. Yeah. All right. Um, one, what we're talking about is Psalm 82. Okay. And um, Hannah, do you want to read that one part? Do you want me to read it from the verse 1 to Let's, 6? Uh, or just the 6? Just read it to 6. We'll talk okay. about the context. Um, it says i said you are god's son of the most sons of the most high all of you nevertheless like men you shall die and fall like any prince yep and so if you look at the context of this he's actually talking about god standeth in the congregation of the mighty he judges among the gods how long will you judge unjustly accept the person of the wicked this whole thing's about judging righteousness yeah and that we as humans do judge like people say judge not all this but we do judge and yeah, there we was judge judges all things. there was judges in the old testament there's going to we're actually going to be judging angels mm-hmm. um and so there's this judging aspect and he says you stand in the congregation of the mighty he judged among the gods who's the gods little g is talking about us and he's mm-hmm. basically alluding to the word judge and Jesus is saying you all said we're gods and how more appropriate is me being the actual that I stand in the middle of all these gods judging yeah. Well, it so, actually talks about the wicked. It says, rescue the weak and the needy, deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Yeah. They have neither knowledge or understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. Mm-hmm. So, And so it's 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 the little gods right there, and this is what he's talking about. I think it's just really alluding to the wording like we're yeah. judging. And, yeah. and Jesus, you go back to 34, I said you are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and scripture cannot be broken, do you save him who the Father consecrated and sent into the world? You are blasphemed because I said I am what? The son of God. I said I am the son of God. So he's saying if I call myself God, it's okay for you all call yourself little gods. Yeah. But if I call myself God, then I'm blaspheming. Aren't you blaspheming if you call yourself God? To me, that's what yeah. he's saying. I got you. That's my explanation. Well, we'll just knock his rest of them out. Verse 39. Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand and went away again beyond the Jordan into a place where John at first, 
at first baptized, and there he abode. And many resorted unto him, and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. And many believed on him there. All right, Amen. we did it. We got her <laughs> with one minute to spare. Greg just wanted to finish it. He just had to finish it for uh, one of these days. Yeah, well, we now it. we get to go to Lazarus tomorrow. Yeah. But, no, it's been a great morning. Um, we are literally out of time. We finished it right in the nick of time. Um, great conversation, great day. We love you guys. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time, here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.